0: Join Scotty and Tuesday from noon to three at home, 103.55 uh, South Jordan Gateway in South Jordan. Time now to welcome in Kyle Gunther, former Utah offensive lineman, ready for Utah and Washington. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Kyle, good morning.
1: Hey, gentlemen, how are you? Very excited for this matchup. This is the game that everybody was talking about before the season as being Utah's toughest game of the season. Uh, it, it, it may very well be this could be the biggest test of the year for the youth.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious if you have as much confidence as Riley Jensen because he just went on TV and said it's over, put a fork in Washington, they're done. Utah's got this. I was a little surprised. What do you think?
1: Well, Vegas likes the Utes. Uh, Even on the road, they're a three-point favorite. Uh, I don't know if I share Riley's uh, exuberant optimism, we'll say that. I can see Utah and Washington going uh, very similarly to the way that Oregon and Washington went a couple of weeks ago. Oregon struggled a little bit early on. Uh, Washington just puts together very solid drives. Their offense is aggressive but they don't take undue risks. Like USC's offense makes some ridiculous throws every single week, low percentage throws, uh, broken plays. They make things happen just with talent. Washington doesn't do that. Washington has a game plan, and they execute it very well because they're a very well-coached team. But this is the best Utah defense we have ever seen. Zach Moss is the best Utah running back we've ever seen The more and more you watch these two teams play, the Utes can absolutely win this game against Washington. I'm not sure it's going to be high scoring. Uh, I think you may have a couple of back-and-forth scores early on, and then things are going to slow down. Both of these teams are going to be reliant on their defenses, but uh, I think the Utes are going to win this game because this Utah defense is going to be able to shut down what Washington is doing, but Washington's got a good receiving core. Uh, The young Puka Nakua can get open. This is a, a very evenly matched couple of teams right now, and if Tyler Huntley was healthy, I would say the Utes win by more than a touchdown. But Tyler Huntley's not, and, I mean, you could see him. He could barely walk last week. So that's going to be a factor because at some point against Washington, the Utes are going to have to go to their backup quarterback, and then that's going to even things out quite a bit.
2: So I'm just cruising around the Internet and I come across an NFL first round draft point uh, draft round uh, mock draft, basically what I'm trying to say. And so I'm looking through it. You know, you got the usuals. You got uh, Tua down at Alabama, number one and Herbert, uh, number two. And, you know, they're projecting the teams who are going to have the picks. And then I'm going through it and they get down to number nine. And to my surprise, I saw Jacob Eason listed as the number 9 pick in the first round. Obviously, he's the Washington quarterback. I don't think that he's done anything that would merit a first-round pick this season. But, you know, a lot of them, they go on the measurables and all that stuff. And he certainly has that. What do you think of his ability to have a good day, a bad day, a great day against the Utes?
1: I think he will have a good day against the Utes. I think he's probably going to have two touchdowns and an interception somewhere in that range. He'll make a mistake against this Utah secondary. But as you guys know, obviously, the NFL projects on your ability to make NFL caliber throws. So the average guy at, uh, you know, Texas Tech, for example, I mean, look at Gardner Minshew last year. Okay. Gardner Minshew was at Washington State and seemingly very much under the NFL radar. The NFL didn't choose to draft him because he's making short throws, slant routes and bubble screens, and those are cute, but those don't work in the NFL. If you throw three bubble screens in a row, your receiver's decapitated, you're turning the ball over, you're benched, and your coach is fired and your GM is fired. They don't mess around in the NFL. So Jacob Eason can make the type of throws, post routes, uh, corner routes. He can throw to the sideline. He can make the, the wide out throw from the opposite hash. If you have the arm strength to make those throws, I mean, a lot of it's God-given. You saw Jacob Eason coming out of high school. He was a five-star guy, not a blue chip, not a four-star. He was a five-star quarterback. And, yeah, started out at uh, Georgia, wasn't it? And and so the NFL hasn't forgotten about that skill set. So I would not be surprised if Jacob Eason loses this game to Utah but still becomes an NFL quarterback because there's 32 men on the planet that can play quarterback in the NFL and can start and can make those throws. So it's an elite group. Uh, it's the same reason why Jake Heaps kept getting shots at Kansas, Miami, and then he got several shots in the NFL. Because say what you want about Heaps, I'm not a pro or anti-Heaps guy, but. The, the arm talent that he had to make those throws was at a world-class level. There's basically less than 100 guys on the planet that can even compete and do that. So that's why those NFL draft grades are there. But as far as total NFL talent, I think there's at least eight NFL draft picks on this Utah football team right now in no particular order. Leckie Fotu, Jalen Johnson, Francis Bernard, Zach Moss, Darren Paulo, Julian Blackman, um, and I'm forgetting a couple, uh, John Penasini and Bradley and I. I mean, I think, is that eight? That's not my thing, guys, but I think that's about <laughs> at least eight NFL players for the youth as well. If We're talking about NFL talent.
0: Yeah. So with all that elite talent there, is there any chance that Washington is going to be able to run the ball? And I asked because Kyle Whittingham was talking, about: hey, Washington's a good team. They're in the top half of the conference in a lot of statistical categories, which is true, but they tend to be fourth or fifth in a lot of categories, and running the ball is one of them. Can the fourth best team in the Pac-12 run the ball on Utah?
1: I think the Utes are, are they top four in the country in stopping the run, yeah, the, or you, top three in the country? And, so, and in what, the conference what, what, they're
0: number one in a lot of categories defensively.
1: Yeah, and that's just been the case. Again, this is the best Utah defense that the Utes have ever had. They have depth, and they have talent on that defensive line. What that does is when you've got three or four defensive tackles you can rotate in there, what that means is that that old cliche is true. The youths will control the line of scrimmage. What that means is that Washington will not be able to move. Their offensive line will not get movement. So the line of scrimmage is going to stay stationary. With Utah's defensive line, they're going to match up well there. Uh, Salvin Ahmed, doesn't he run a 4 three forty though, for Washington? He's a very talented back. So he's not going to have holes wide open on the line of scrimmage. But if he tries to bust a play towards the edge and he spins out of a tackle, he'll run for 20 or 30 yards after his initial contact. And I think that's where Washington will get the bulk of their plays. It's just on simple mistakes. Washington's a talented group. Uh, if, if Puka Nakua decides to spin out of a tackle, he'll gain another 20 yards. But it's not like that means that, they're, that Washington is just dominating the Utes up front. No, I think Aaron Fuller's had a great year, too, at receiver. Uh, but has been in there. He, you know, these guys are going to break tackles, and they're going uh, to make some plays that way. But Salvin is not going to be just running through wide open holes. He's going to have to break some tackles to have some success. And you know Benjamin ended up going for 100 yards, even though Arizona State had an anemic offense for the majority of the game. You know, he, Washington's going to move the ball in between the 20s. Everybody's working out. Everybody, you know these coaches are highly paid, but the issue will be then on third down. Can the youth step up and make a couple of plays and keep Washington to under forty percent third down conversion? I believe the Utes' opponents are, are only averaging twenty five percent third down conversion percentage. Which the goal is forty five percent. You want to complete at least, You want to convert, I should say, at least forty five percent of your third downs. That's what every offense's goal is in college football. Utes are giving up about twenty five percent. One third down so it's that pass rush that's going to get to jacob eason if he thinks he can hang in the pocket and make some of those deep throws but he's got that big arm he can make those throws but the youths also i mean they've faced quarterbacks with big arms before and they've managed to have success uh not recently though man at oregon state at arizona state at cal these last few quarterbacks they've just not had that deep ball They've not had the ability to do that, so that'll be a big adjustment because Washington can max protect. They can hang in the pocket, and they can make those deep throws. But, man, how about Brian Thompson against Cal last week? Just getting, getting so wide open. He was three and four body lengths. He ran a double move, and he was open on the first move. And Tyler Huntley found him there. So the youth also have some of that vertical passing game as well.
2: So if Utah's defensive line has success against this offensive line which I believe is considered the best that they will play unless and they they probably then would play Oregon maybe in the, in the final. We'll see if it happens. But in the regular season, yeah. with all the guys that Washington has back, they returned four starters, and one of them wasn't considered Trey Adams because he got hurt, and he's supposed to be a first-round draft choice. So my point is, if you think, and I think you've already said this, correct me if I'm wrong, you think that the defensive line will have success against that this offensive line, and if they do, then they'll win the game for sure. So at that point then, Utah just runs the table until we get to the conference final, and we'll see what happens against Oregon.
1: UCLA, Arizona, and Colorado are not going to beat Utah. Uh, UCLA, the only thing they can do is run the football, and they're not going to do it against the Utes. Arizona, I mean, have they had one quarterback finish a game at at any point this year? Uh, And then Colorado, you know, if you can stop LaVish Kishenel, you beat them. I I think Utah's Pac-12 South season is going to end very well, but uh, I checked this morning, Utah and USC are both tied in yes. the South right now. So they the Utes are. need some help. They need USC to lose another South game, and I think they'll get that. But this Washington game, even though it's a North team, it's really important for the Utes' overall Pac-12 standings. That might come down to a, a tiebreaker between the Utes and USC, but Washington's a very good team. Uh, they have some weird losses. Though. Don't forget, Washington lost to this Cal team that the Utes dismantled earlier on in the year, Yeah, I believe, Washington lost to Cal last year, too. Yes. Cal's a tough team, but they're not talented enough right now to to be able to push Washington around. And obviously, they had a different quarterback then. Uh, Washington lost to a Stanford team that's been a bit of an enigma this year. Uh, Oregon's the best team in the conference. Oregon has the best offensive line in the country. And so if you go back and watch Washington and Oregon, Oregon's also got a great defense and a great defensive line. And uh, Washington didn't struggle early on. No, they were uh, very much uh, in control, at home, beaten up on the Ducks. But Justin Herbert came back and made some throws that are just unworldly. Un- uh, you know, you can't coach the type of throws that Justin Herbert was making in that game. So I- on paper, I think the Utes are a much better team than Washington. But again, this, comeback, this comes back to Tyler Huntley. Nobody chooses to put a Don Joy knee brace on. Those knee braces, they give you blisters. They make you feel unathletic. They physically hurt. You can't run with them. Nobody chooses to put them on. So everybody saw Tyler Huntley limping around with this huge Don Joy knee brace on. It's not good. If Tyler Huntley's not in there, that changes things dramatically. So I can see Utah and Washington trading scores early on. And then if the Utes have to go to Jason Shelley, that's going to change things up a bit. And we'll see because then Washington can just stack the box and they'll say, we dare you to throw the ball to win and uh, you know, that was the game plan that Washington used against the Utes in the Pac-12 championship game last year, and, and they had success doing that. But uh, this is an elite Utah team. This Utah defense is elite, and I, I really think this matchup will come down to a couple of plays, maybe special teams. You know, whoever misses a kick or two here, I think this is going to be a close game, and I think the Utes can win it. I think it will be a little more high scoring than what the Utes had against Washington last year. I mean, the Utes only put up ten combined points against UW last year. They'll score more points this year in their first matchup with the Huskies. But uh, no, th- this is a Utah team that's better than Washington. But Washington, if they have a healthier quarterback down the stretch, uh, that's going to be their biggest benefit.
0: Doc Gunther joining us right now. We saw him. We saw Tyler Huntley hobbling around after he dumped that ball off to Zach, and 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 Moss took off for seventy yards or whatever it was. And we saw. We could just see him hobbling in in that shot. I mean, it was just obvious. How much better can his knee be a week later?
1: He's tough as nails. If it were you or I, no, we'd still be limping around. But we're not as tough as Tyler Huntley. And and you say that because Zach Moss mentioned it. I think Simpkins mentioned it. A couple of other Utah teammates mentioned after the game how tough Tyler Huntley is. Well, every football player is tough. So the code for that is when players are mentioning that, it means that he's playing hurt. And maybe he's playing injured or maybe he's playing hurt, but there's a big difference. Everybody's got to play hurt. And you can fight through some injuries. If you if you tear your MCL, you can play through it. You can tear your meniscus and you can play through it. Uh, Trevor Riley even played on a torn ACL many years ago. He played an entire season, and that's pretty rare. I've never heard of anybody else doing that. But you can play on injured ligaments in your knee, and you put that DonJoy knee brace on, and, and you can fight through it. And I suspect... That's what's going on. So can he get better in a week? Yeah, but then you can exacerbate that injury pretty quickly. You know, he got hit a couple of times against Cal, and Cal's got a tough defense. They're, they're a better defense than they've had over the last few years, and uh, they were bringing some pressure, and they got to Huntley a few times. And, yeah, maybe your knee feels fine in warm-ups, but then you get twisted up and you get tackled. One little tackle can make things so much worse. Uh, I saw some Twitter heroes today. Uh, they were talking about a dropped pass from the tight end. Some guy said, oh, well, the tight ends are still dropping passes. He was a keyboard hero. And it was – Brant Keithy did have a drop, I believe it was in the second quarter against Cal. Well, in the first quarter, he caught a seam route right in between the safety and the the corner that was over him. He got the ever-living piss knocked out of him by the safety in the lower back. The safety hit him with his shoulder pad directly in the lower back. And Brant Keithy jumped up and tried to be tough but then he hit the ground afterwards because he was clearly writhing in pain. He came back in the game in the second quarter and made some other good plays. The average guy, if you haven't played football since the 80s when you went to East High School, maybe you forgot that just getting tackled once hurts so badly. Just getting slammed to the ground once hurts so badly. It's easy when you're drinking Dr. Pepper and eating Jell-O on your couch. Oh, he dropped that pass. Don't forget the physical toll this game takes. So I know you guys asked about Huntley. He's tough as nails and he wants to play for this team. He probably should have sat out the Cal game, but he wanted to go in and play. Uh, He is going to tough it out against Washington, but uh, it it comes down to mental toughness, not physical toughness, because everybody's body breaks at the same point. It's about mental toughness, and Tyler Huntley has it. Uh, I suspect he gives you a very good performance early on against Washington, but
0: Yeah, one or two hits, that changes everything. Kyle, PK just had to exhale there. All right, Kyle, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. We'll be checking the game out Saturday at 2. Kyle, we'll talk to you again next week.
1: See ya. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you.
0: DJ and PK. He brings a little passion to it, PK.
2: Yeah, he does. He's very knowledgeable, man.